to the BizCon Social Podcast. We help entrepreneurs navigate how to get known, get customers, and get the edge over their competition. Here is your host, Lorraine Duncan. So hey, everyone, welcome back. And I'm really excited today. As you know, I've been talking a lot about branding. And I wanted to just give you a person and a colleague of mine who is a graphic artist who's very good at what she does and branding is very important to her. And I want to just introduce Lauren to you. Her name is Lauren White and she is just an amazing graphic artist. Among other things, she, has a, she owns her own digital agency called um, Bingley Design. And you could tell me a little bit more about what you do in your agency. I would love to hear about it. Welcome, by the way. Fantastic. No, I'm really, really excited to be here. Thanks, Lorraine. All right. So, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Lauren White with Bingley Digital. And a little bit of background on me and the company is that I have always kind of done... My background's a graphic designer. So, I've always been a graphic designer, known I wanted to utilize it, uh, but didn't quite know how, obviously, for a while. Like, the goal is to be like, how do you make money doing that? Um, And started my career kind of in business development and marketing for uh, small businesses and then got the opportunity when one of those grew enough to be able to sell to just open up Bingley as a creative services company where, you know, we focused on a lot of that branding and packaging and it led into the next e-commerce business and just kind of slowly grew from there. And we realized the biggest hole in the market um, in Fairfield County in particular was freelancers um, kind of being tapped out. And so we were getting a lot of referrals from like other graphic designers that were like, look, I'm a one man person and I can't necessarily scale. And that gave us the opportunity to brand ourselves kind of staying within this theme as the boutique company that could scale. So as you know, the larger clients kind of came on, we were able to be like, okay, great. You know, what else can we add to kind of our repertoire to, you know, get you where you need to be? Wow. So tell me, it's interesting, Bingley. Where did you get that name Bingley from? I know. Okay. So I came up with it totally honest, sitting in a Mexican restaurant with my husband being like, what should I call this thing? And my background is Welsh. I'm Welsh. And so I found this little town that's in the UK called Bingley. So there's actually a town that exists with that name. Um, And the more I looked into the word and like the meaning of it and everything, there's a, it's, it's this adorable little like throughway town that's just in the middle of everything. And so it's known for being like bringing goods from one place to another. And I love the idea of like being a bridge and kind of bridging the gap from like where people think they are to where they want to be. Um, and then it also just happens to be like a dog. It's, it's a breed of dog, um, over there as well. Like a Bingley Terrier who is known for being independent, strong, bold, like passionate and, um, courageous. So I just, you know, all those kinds of things I wanted to tie into the company. There you go. That is like so cool. Yeah. So because we're talking about branding today, I wanted to ask you this question is what would you say is the most um, important criteria for branding? Mm, Good question. So, well, when it comes to branding first, first you have to know your why, you know, you have to know like, like why are you doing what you're doing? And and will people care? You know, like there's, I think a lot of people and they think branding immediately jump to the, the who I want to be and what I want to mean and what I want it to look like. And I always want people to back up and say, why is there a hole in the market for what you're doing? And 
And how really are you hoping to fulfill it? Like, what do you, what do you stand for? Um, and then if you can kind of figure out the things that you stand for, you know, like for me, it was like, we always want to make sure that we're the ones that just show up and just find a solution and get things done. And that we're the ones that listen. So like what we stood for was like really listening and never applying an approach to anything before hearing people, like really, truly hearing people. Um, and then it almost doesn't matter what you do, you know, like beyond that, like the what can always change, but the who you are and why you're doing what you're doing is, is what people will see shine through with branding. That's so true too, is that, and you also said another key point, which is listening. There's so many brands out there that they're just putting forth their brand, but they're really not listening to what their clients and what their potential or what their audience is, Mm -hmm. is wanting. So I think that's really good. One thing, you know, as a graphic artist and you've worked with many, many, many businesses Mm -hmm. And you also have seen other businesses that maybe you haven't worked with, but it made you think of, wow, they're doing that right. So what do you, mm. what do you think some businesses are really doing right with their branding? Okay. One of my favorites um, is actually a, just a little local company here in like Newtown, Connecticut that I always like to shout out, Reverie Brewing. And what they're doing uh, yeah, phenomenally well with their branding. And I actually connected with their graphic designer watch just to be like, you are crushing it. Like it's not one of our brands, but they're doing great. It's because they are, first of all, not taking themselves too seriously. So I think they decided a long time ago that they want it. One of their taglines is don't quit your daydream. And I love that. And so that has nothing to do with beer, but it has everything to do with like who those guys are. And like, again, like, like I was saying, what they stand for. And then their design just permeates like that message. Um, so all of their like really fun, like drinks that they'll do or events that they'll do, the branding is just like modern, slick, sleek, and just fun. So you're always smiling. And I think that that's a, yeah, a really good example of what I've seen do well. And, and then they're never selling, right? Like they're doing a the Christmas in July coming up where they're going to have people dressed as Santa and kind of like, you know, still while social distancing, kind of make sure that it's a fun experience. And I just love when people listen to the community, see what they need and never quit their daydream. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's so many companies out there that do it right. I, I, mm-hmm. I've been thinking and sharing with the audience here that there's a lot of big companies that have done it well, you know, like mm-hmm. Nike, you don't know it's Nike until the end, you know, with their, you know, they're doing it, but we all know it, like how they literally, um, I think one of the most effective things that they do that unfortunately I wish like small businesses could take advantage of is tying a celebrity kind of to the, to the, or celebrities to the brands to really emulate. Like if we were to personify our product, like who would our product be? And then you start to say, okay, well, this shoe would totally be and as cool as LeBron James, you know, or like this, um, purse would totally be as cool as whoever, you know, fill in the blank. And so that is a very effective way to, to brand because if you think about it, one of the most important things early on that I'll also say to do is once you've distinguished kind of what you're all about, um, not just coming up with your target audience, but truly personifying like who, like, you know, your, your person, like who you want to reach. So, yeah, I was talking to a colleague today and we were just talking about those commercials or those ads that have come through. Mm-hmm. And the one that we talked about that I was reminded of, and I remember it touched me then, and it still touches me when I hear it today, 
is it was done by Subaru mm. and it was the I live one or they lived. It was they lived. And basically it brings you through a scenario where there's this car crash and all the EMTs and the police and everything are saying they lived. Then the tow truck driver brings it to the junkyard and he looks at the guy that he's delivering it to and it's like they lived. Mm. And then there's some workers out in the yard and they lived. And then mm. it gets to the ending scene where it's, it's a family going to a brand new Subaru and the husband goes, we live. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a beautiful picture of a story that they're obviously they're not telling you about the engine or the gas mileage yeah. or, or anything else. But what they're telling you about is, is safety matters. Mm-hmm. And what they're also saying is that families matter. Exactly. And I thought, you know, what a beautiful way of branding. And it's kind of hard. It's like how, you know, as somebody who is doing a logo or mm-hmm. maybe doing a website or doing, you know, social media for people. How mm-hmm. is it, how do you bring out that kind of branding, that storytelling mm-hmm. branding in, in different, you know, businesses that you work with? Well, you did hit the nail on the head that like the key thing that drives decision-making and it's been said, you know, before I'm definitely not the first to say this is the storytelling and is the emotional decisions. Like if you can get an emotional tie-in, you know, to, to be the connection, that's everything. Um, the way to really do that and you can't get around it is you have to research and pull people. Like you have to get market like research of some sort. So if we're to release like a new design, um, for instance, on a package, there's no way around us at least pulling the following that's on social media and saying like, Hey, do you guys like pink or red? Like, do you like purple or blue? And, and how awesome of a thing now to be able to have social media, to ask people those kinds of questions, you know, and engage the audience in those types of decisions. You don't need the $10,000 studies anymore necessarily, um, especially for those small to mid-sized brands where you sit in a room and kind of get everyone to ping an idea off each other, but you still have to do that. So with our brands, like that, we're just, you know, try to get creative to kind of find ways to ask people what makes you want to have that emotional decision, you know, like just, and, and sometimes they don't even know why, but they just know, oh, that one made me laugh or that one, you know, really pulled me in, you know, so that's trying to figure out what that is. You mentioned emotional decision. And I mean, that's where most of the buying happens. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Like it's, I, the other day I watched the coolest thing. It was, um, so I'm really, I'm really into Bravo, <laughs> go figure. And I love real estate. So a million dollar listing is like a way that I like turn my brain off and like tune out. And um, when I was watching it, one of their real estate agents was showing around like, you know, this developer and the way that she got him to buy into her was by getting like laying out the sushi for him, cigars, um, embroidering slippers. And it's like, he, she basically walking through the entire property saying nothing about herself, nothing about like the, much about the property itself, but he walked away feeling like she understood him, not vice versa, not him understanding her. And that led to the buying decision. And so, you know, that spoke to who she was. It spoke to the fact she listened. And like, that's, that is always to me, the absolute most effective way to do anything. Interesting. A funny story, just a a side story here is when I was about 15 or 16, actually 16, I actually worked in a grocery store. I worked at Pathmark. I don't even know if any of them ever exist anymore, but um, the funny story was is inside the little mall that Pathmark was in, 
there was a record store. So I'm really dating myself now. <laughs> but I remember every payday, I would go in and get a new, either a new eight-track tape or a new record. And I remember, I don't know if you remember or if anybody out there remembers National Lapoon it was. And they, they were kind of funny and interesting kind of humor. And I walked, they had an album out. And I walked past, if you don't buy this album, we will shoot the dog. <laughs> now, they couldn't get away with that today. Right, right. But back then they didn't. I remember the first thought in my head, oh, they can't shoot the dog. I mean, I was just a little girl, you know? And I literally bought that album. I, I don't even think I listened to it, by the way. But I bought it because I didn't want that dog to get shot. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. And I think right, that, here you are all these years later, like talking about it. Because I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it did. And the only reason why, though, is because like whatever that may be, you had some kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, like emotional reaction to it, you know, whether it's laughing or crying or whatever, you know, it's yeah. And I, I kind of always wonder how many other people. That's what I always try to think is how many other people try or, or have bought that album or have done other gimmicks like that. You bring it back to kind of logo design and website design and like actually then physically creating the product and or, you know, service or whatever it may be. And that's the part where at the end of the day, you do have to just kind of trust your gut, you know, and like go with the thing that just, you know, feels right. And then based on a little bit of research, you know, some people love a certain color palette and they're like, oh, orange speaks to me. But at the end of the day, you know, is that really that font or that color, you know, what is going to stand out on a shelf or in the marketplace based on what's already there? Um, like, how are you really going to be different, even if you love that color, you know? So there's still very much a, you know, process that goes into that, but then it just requires trust, you know, trust, yeah, trusting your gut and trusting, you know, the team that's in place to do it. So I always say like, I also never want to like try to do the things that I'm bad at and like vice versa, you know, so that just use the experts. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So we talked a lot about like, who's doing it right. Mm -hmm. What are some mistakes that you're finding that you're seeing of some companies that could probably do a little bit better, but they're, they're making this maybe one or two consistent branding mistakes that you see. Right now. It's interesting. I don't know that I can pinpoint necessarily one in particular, but quite frankly, there has with everything that's just been going on in the world in here now, you know, in 2020 and with like the movements of black lives matter and everything like that. I think the thing that you can do wrong is just be a, megaphone saying the same thing that everyone else is saying, you know, everyone touts authenticity with branding and there's, but there's no one out there that's like trying to be inauthentic. You know, everyone's trying to be authentic, but like, I think they're also trying to do what other people are pushing them to do or what they think other people want them to say or do or hear. And when it comes to designing that way, thinking that way, branding that way, it'll just never work, you know, like just, yourself is all that you can be, you know, and like who you are and why you got into what you're doing, that will shine and people will want to support that and dive in as much as you do. So I think the wrong things that I'm seeing out there are people speaking up about things that they think other people want them to say or do usually backfires on them or designing things in a way that other people are designed. I mean, it's just so hard now. There's just so obviously so many websites, so many brands out there Sometimes you don't even know you're doing it. You just walk by things and it is in the back of your head, that ad, and then you kind of spit that out into your design and really, really taking a step back and saying like, is this truly unique to me or am I just kind of rehashing what the last guy did? 
Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's hard to pick a brand though. I think, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually can't, I can't pick, quite pick a brand, but I do remember seeing something on Facebook recently that this company was doing. Okay, well, here's the story. This is actually <laughs> kind of funny. They said, if you buy this, I forget what product it was, but you'll get two free rolls of toilet paper. And I thought everybody's like, all right, folks, everybody's already upset about the toilet paper. This is not something they use right. or take advantage in. Right, it it right. just kind of, it actually cheapens the brand a little bit. Yes. And it was a good brand. I remember seeing some of their, their stuff, their services and products that they offered. And it was great, but th- they really needed to get the two away from the two free right. rolls of toilet paper. When that happens, you're right. It almost like sometimes can come across as a little bit tone deaf, you know? And so I think that that is a, is a challenge and it's important for every brand to you know, approach things thinking through that lens, you know, am I going to sound completely off kilter here? You know, so most of us have some kind of branding in our business. You mentioned your branding. We also have a personal brand Mm -hmm. and some of us are trying to develop our personal brand. Some of us are trying to Mm -hmm. get their bigger brand out there, their business brand out there. Mm -hmm. If there was one thought or tip that you would could give to my audience that are basically business owners, just like us, mm-hmm. what would that bust, you know, buster tip be? What would it be? What would the or, super buster tip be? There are, well, I think there are probably two, one that immediately stands out, which is never underestimate the value of just reaching out directly to people through like LinkedIn, through email, through phone. It's so hard now to network and obviously in person, but it's so, so necessary for businesses. And then be the brand that like you could be proud of when you're like reaching out and just, I know we're, you know, we're in networking groups where it's kind of preaching the choir. We all kind of get that concept, but like it's so, so important for people to just know the value of saying, how can I help you? You know, how can I help you grow your business? Who can I introduce you to? Like having nothing to do with how can I help you from branding or marketing in my instance, just how can I like help you grow your business and who maybe in my own LinkedIn network can help help you. Those little connections, little coffee dates, so to speak, Zoom dates are so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and reiterate kind of who you are as a brand. And then the second one is to not focus all energy in one area. So for instance, like with digital marketing, you have to have kind of your hand on at least like two to three different like buttons at any given time. So you probably get this entirely on the social media side, get really good at like one or two things, like one or two platforms. Don't try to do 10 of them, but you know, five of them, like don't go crazy, but get really good at a couple of them. Speak to people, communicate to people, engage on those. And same with like a website and your brand there. Like if as COVID's happening, like how are you communicating with people? Like, are you open? Is your restaurant having curbside? Like people love open, honest, often communication. Um, and so I think that for the takeaway, like if you haven't communicated, you know, to at least two to three of your customers, you know, this week, like just that you haven't talked to in a while, do it, you know, reach out to at least a person a day is what I try to do that. Like you haven't talked to in a while just to see how they're doing and it'll grow your business, whether you think it might or not. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that you say that I, um, when COVID first happened, I decided I just was going to reach out to all my clients that I have now and then to all my former clients, but it wasn't about business at all. I just was reaching Mm -hmm. out to see, Hey, you know, how are you? 
mm-hmm. how are you doing? How's everything going with what's going on? Is there anything I can help you with? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Most people were, you know, doing fine, but they were struggling. However, there were a few that said, well, you know what? I could use help with this. Mm-hmm. And some of it wasn't that I got paid for it. Some of it was right. just majorly that they needed help. And I think if you come from a place of service, your brand will silently speak that out. If you know what I mean, it's not going to scream, but they're going to see that your brand look, oh my gosh, BizGo on Social did this. Oh my gosh, Bingley did this. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what they're going to see. Your leadership too. Like if you're a restaurant with, you know, 25 employees, they're looking to you to kind of see how you communicate those types of things and see how you treat. And then your brand is, an, they're an extension of your brand. So making sure that you're in direct communication internally, you know, when was the last time that you maybe thanked everyone or talked to them or told them like, Hey, this matters to me for who we are as a brand. You know, like always be going over those types of things, you know, like once a quarter, like as new people come on board or, or maybe forget, you know, and just get a little complacent, you know, like you always, those leaders have to be the, the model for their brand. So true. There's, there was a, there's a quote out there and I'm probably saying it all wrong, but it's like mm-hmm. people, you know, don't really care what you have to say until they know you care. And I think that that should be with any brand you know, you shouldn't even really be in it if you're, if you're not there to serve help or, or, Absolutely. you know, help It'll other people. Out. People know. <laughs> yeah. <People are> smart. <laughs> yep. That's so true. Okay. So anyways, it, wow. I'm, I think I learned a hundred things during this whole um, conversation. I want to thank you so much. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? And can you, you know, if there's anything that you are offering, feel free to tell us all about it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, Okay, so absolutely. If people want to get in touch, um, they can just reach out to me directly at lauren at bingleydigital.com. You can also send info at bingleydigital.com and we'll get back ASAP. Um, And then as far as, and you can also follow our handles, of course, Bingley Digital. And then if anyone does have like communication that they need updated, say on a website, or in like an email blast, I would love just at no cost to help someone for the course of like an hour, just update their communication. If like now they're open, but their website says they're closed or something like that. I would love to make sure that I'm a resource um, in that capacity. So hopefully that helps your viewers. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so awesome. So generous. And again, thank you all for listening out there or wherever you're listening from. I hope you enjoyed this segment and I'm looking forward to having many more great guests like Lauren on and have a great, great day. Well, such a joy. Thanks, Lorraine. Thanks for listening to the Biz Gone Social podcast. Find us on Instagram at Biz Gone Social for extra tips. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, stay social.